Alrighty, we are back, your favorite podcast show of the week, and this is episode 496 of Location Weekly, our final official episode of the year before we get into our prediction show next week. Uh, Brianna, how are you? I'm good. I am, uh, you know, just like that last stretch before uh, we celebrate Christmas, so it's like, you know, making sure I've got everything wrapped up, getting things together for um, cooking a big meal. Well, a big, you know, big meal for our family here in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. making sure we have like the stocking stuffers. So I feel a little sleep deprived, a little crazy wrapping up things at work and making sure everything's kind of done before the end of the year. And, um, yeah, so just like pushing through, but looking forward to some downtime. How about you? Yeah, same. Like just trying to, you know, wrap up uh, the work schedule here. I've got a fairly busy day today, just cramming things in. Going to do sort of a half day tomorrow and then kind of off for a few days and then sort of periodically checking in next week, you know. Um, you know, not really working full days, but, uh, you know, on the in-between there. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 busy. Uh, we just went back in here in Ontario into full lockdown that starts on Boxing Day on the 26th. Uh, for 28 days, so a full month, basically, they've gone into complete lockdown like we were in March. Um, and so that's uh, a bit of a downer for everybody, uh, especially over the holiday season. But they figure, the government up here figures, um, you know, the best time to lock down is now when people are at home anyways with family and not at school and so on. So let's, instead of doing it in February when it's, you know, worse and everybody's back at work or whatever. So that's the thinking um so we'll see and uh you know um other than that we're good i mean the nhl is coming back basketball's back you know baseball you know i'm waiting for the blue jays to pull the triggers on some trade or something or sign springer or whatever uh, you know hopefully that'd be good um other than that i'm good yeah we'll see we'll see if we can sneak in a prediction can abriana record from somewhere other than her bedroom yes. <laughs> in 2021. <Are> we... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out next week. Tune in next week for our prediction show and you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Alrighty, so uh, we have five stories for you this week. Uh, threw in a little extra one in there because uh, it was really short and we wanted to cover it. But um, five really interesting, um, you know, items that we wanted to, uh, to share with you this week. And as per usual, I'll let Abriana kick us off. All right. Well, this is an announcement coming from one of the big players, the big tech players, uh, you know, we're always announcing about. Amazon has decided um, that Amazon Web Services will be introducing their version of uh, Amazon Location Service. And so it's a new offering that's going to be on its cloud platform. So it'll enable companies to add location-based capabilities into their apps. Uh, so, you know, this is creating some competition potentially for Google and even uh, Microsoft Azure, Azure, Azure. I don't even know. I never say that word correctly, but uh, <laughs> uh, basically they're using um, two, you know, of the biggest players in the location data space with Esri. Um, and here technologies, uh, which is pretty interesting. So some of the capabilities they're, they're talking about and use cases include things like tracking your package. Obviously that would be uh, beneficial as well as geofencing capabilities, knowing when someone or a package is entering um, a specific warehouse or leaving. 
Um, and then also being able to embed maps um, in applications. So something that they're touting is affordability, you know, kind of like a pay as you go type of deal versus maybe what, you know, Google offers where you maybe you're paying upfront for queries or like kind of in a bucket. Um, and, you know, I think that it's interesting. I do see the value, especially for Amazon to be able to track packages. I think, you know, Amazon provides a lot of fulfillment, even for smaller businesses that use their marketplace. And so, you know, having the ability to maybe push this in from an app, you know, I think about how sometimes um, occasionally really using a Facebook Messenger for like package tracking is interesting. But what I feel like is a little frustrating is I, I get frustrated seeing all of these big guys move into the space and a lot of the smaller players who have been there for a while getting pushed out. Um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the smaller players are getting wrapped up in things like, um, uh, you know, privacy concerns, right? So they're calling smaller players out in the space for privacy concerns whenever we've got like these big giants like Amazon that are listening to us all the time. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of, of using it as well, right? But we know like the, the, the detriment of these like small players are these big players. So I think that's a little frustrating to see, to continue to see just like these monopolies grow. Um, but I do think that as far as this uh, capability and looping it in with Amazon from a fulfillment perspective makes complete uh, business sense. And I do think they'll probably give, um, you know, Google and Microsoft to run for their money on this. Yeah, I, I, um, I think this is a super interesting announcement from, uh, from AWS. Um, obviously, um, you know, we know that uh, there's been a lot of shakeup this year in, in the location data space, in the mapping space. Um, and, and I think it's from an affordability point of view, you know, and, and I can speak as a, you know, from a ground level, uh, you know, personal experience point of view, you know, we obviously license and, and buy location data from different players uh, to power our platform. And it's not, you know, the, you know, the cheapest thing to do by any means. Um, and so if there are solutions, you know, uh, like this that are coming out there that are kind of pay as you go or build it, you know, yeah, uh, enabling developers to build things and test things and test models before sort of committing to long term contracts and things like that. You know, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for um, for AWS to to really make a, a dent in, in the in the industry here. So. I'm sort of uh, a bit excited by this. I think it's, uh, it's it, you know, I, I'm fascinated that Esri and here are the technology data sets behind what they're doing. Um, it makes sense. Obviously, they're the, you know, two of the biggest in the world uh, at what they do. Um, and, um, you know, I think on the package tracking side, you know, it's a no brainer. I mean, obviously, Amazon's in that business for their own stuff. And now, as you said, you know, they, they power, you know, delivery services for so many other small businesses out there. So enabling that location sort of awareness presence, you know, um, uh, as part of what they do um, makes a ton of sense. But for me, the real opportunity here is developers looking to build things, test things, you know, that want to leverage location data, you know, new products coming into the into the market or ecosystem. I think this is a, a really powerful uh, set of tools they're making available that and it appears to be you know quite cost effective. So I'm, I'm encouraged by it, I guess. All right, our second story this week, really short one, uh, that uh, our, our good friends at Mood Media 
uh, have been acquired uh, by Vector Capital. So Vector Capital is a private equity uh, uh, fund, and uh, they've acquired uh, the assets uh, of Moon Media. And uh, Moon Media is, uh, for those not familiar, uh, is one of the biggest players in um, in-store audio and, and messaging and, and um, you know, visual messaging and so on. So they have this whole network of more than half a million stores around the world uh, where they sort of do the location-based audio and video sort of messaging uh, networks, uh, media networks inside of those uh, store environments. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of changes at Mood Media over the last uh, year and a half in particular. Um, there's been a lot of movement in the industry overall. Uh, another player called uh, Vibenomics has really sort of stepped up in the last little while. They've raised a lot of capital as well. I think something like, you know, I think six million or something just back uh, a few months ago. And I think even earlier in the year, in the spring, they had raised, you know, four million plus as well. So uh, there's a lot of capital coming into the space. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, for for you know for this segment, and yet I think that you know Moon Media sort of, in a lot of ways, you know, sort of struggled uh, to stay relevant um, and didn't necessarily move, you know, with the times as much as they could have, and allowed Vibenomics and others to come in, and so uh, you know I see this as a positive move. I see it as a sort of a, a new life uh, for for Moon Media, sort of under the control of uh, of Vector Capital. And hopefully, uh, you know, an ability to sort of really, really compete uh, again and develop new products and services. So any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting right now, like the shift in, um, you know, more like indoor retail media and and what this time is doing, you know, like what does what shifts there and what changes uh, may apply in the future. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as they get acquired, if anything changes, if they may be packaging it up with some other features uh, from other companies or or what uh, moves forward. But yeah, not much to add there. Yeah, and, and you know, what kind of impact does like the pandemic have on this, on this sector, yeah. right? Like, you know, if people ultimately aren't going to be spending a lot of time dwelling inside of, of retail locations and businesses, you know, how much does in-store audio and video and all that actually matter, right? Um, in terms of its ability to impact and influence. So I think those are questions, you know, that nobody has an answer to right now. You know, we all hope that we can get back to regular, you know, shopping and business. And, mm -hmm. you know, if that's the case, then they're in good position. But, and if not, then, you know, we'll have to see. So, all right, turn it back to or, you. Or does, or does it maybe couple itself with something like, uh, you know, Canatrace, where it's like you get uh, media with safety messaging. Who knows, yeah. right? There's lots exactly. of ways that, that could go. Yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> All right, we're going to go completely different direction now and head over to Asia, where Starbucks has partnered up with Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go is still around, folks are still playing it, and uh, they are, you know, basically collaborating to transform the Starbucks stores into Pokestops and gyms uh, in the game. And so this is available in five different countries, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, and Thailand. So you can also, the players who are, who are uh, you know, using Pokemon Go can also get um, Starbucks treats and enjoy them on the go. 
And they've also increased um, the range of the game in order to remind customers to social distance and like looping in the requirement, the requirements um, for that and just making sure that while you're playing the game, you're still, you know, doing that safely, which is great. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see, I, I like seeing these types of collaborations again and, um, you know, just like getting outside. I don't know if our, so we're, you know, I'm in Atlanta, but I'm like in a suburb of Atlanta, just right outside of uh, like the city proper, as you would say. And um, we have a very quaint little downtown uh, here. And there, I guess it's like full of pokey stops or, you know, lots of playing because it's quite frequently that when I drive through there, I have seen people walking around with their phones and I can only imagine that's the game that they're playing. Um, and it's interesting just to see how like, you know, cities and small little towns can make these, these, uh, you know, attractions to bring more people in. So we have like one little main street and, uh, you know, probably five or six restaurants and maybe another handful of little shops. And that's really it. But people are there, there's some parks and people are walking around. And I think the city uses that, right? This driving you know, business to those stores, and especially in a time like this, um, it's great to see like, you know, some of those small businesses still uh, open to the, you know, public and being able to keep their doors open in some way or open, you know, offering like curbside pickup and things like that. Uh, but, you know, it's great to see like, these kind of stories give you a little bit of hope that there's still some level of like <laughs> driving people into a store. Uh, and I like the idea that they're thinking about how do we do this safely? How do we encourage people to play the game safely, but also, you know, boost up our business. And I like that Starbucks is thinking of that as well. So, you know, it'll be good to see like how other businesses can get involved. Um, you know, whether they're small, they just, you know, create their own pokey stops or they actually can sponsor and partner like Starbucks can um, with this. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great partnership. I, I love that, you know, sort of they're playing on the sort of health and wellness uh, aspect of this with the sort of, you know, fitness and trainers and all of that, uh, you know, and I think that's a good fit for the Starbucks brand and an and interesting way to leverage, obviously, uh, you know, the Pokemon Go platform. I'm with you. I think right now when foot traffic's down across every sector of retail and restaurants and so on, um, you know, using technologies like this scavenger hunt type technologies ar and so on to get people to engage and do things in their communities in their local high streets and, and main streets um i think is an interesting way coming out of this pandemic to really sort of bring that sort of audience back um and it may be that you don't even have to bring them into your building as they were before maybe it's just hey you know mm -hmm. find you know three really interesting trees in the in the neighborhood you know and go and check in there and kind of do something there and then you know you earn a reward at our you know local gym or, or what have you i don't know you know like that kind of thing and, and and i think there's a lot of neat ways to do that to really um you know use technology to create experiences and and game mechanics and all that aspect to it and I, i'm with you i think there's a real opportunity not just for retailers and brands and merchants but for the municipal governments to really sort of engage and do do things and to actually use some of the funding they're being given by you know other levels of government perhaps in some cases as this is the case here in Canada for example 
to really help you know sort of get the economy moving again the stimulus aspect of it this is a, like a great type of technology to apply to that in my opinion so yep yeah for sure all right sticking with uh ar we'll jump from asia over to uh to munich now uh germany and Bayern Munich, uh, the uh, very, very popular uh, German football club, uh, has uh, decided to use some AR technology uh, at their new flagship store in central Munich. So, you know, if you're, you know, a sports fan at all, you know the power of the athletes and their brand and, you know, people seeking autographs and all of that. Now, obviously in the pandemic, nobody's able to do that anymore. So they've decided to kind of try to create a virtual way to do this um, and sort of yeah, playing off uh, a similar campaign and similar technology that was used by the NFL's Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, essentially, you show up at the store um, and then they've got this um, technology that basically detects that you're there. And then um, it's developed by a German company called Sensap, I, I think is how you say it. S-E-N-S-A-P-E. -E. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that or butchering it. I'll have to ask Karsten uh, about that one. But uh, anyways, um, basically, um, you know, the system recognizes you as a fan standing in front of the, the device that they've got set up. And then it automatically starts the AR application. And then you basically pose for a picture with your favorite, you know, sort of uh, athlete on the team kind of thing it automatically adjusts for exposure and light and all that kind of stuff and then um, it basically renders a, a photo uh, that's you know very real it looks like you're actually standing beside the player uh, you know getting your photo taken um, and then um, you can download the, the photo to your smartphone via QR code and you can share it with your friends on social media and so on. So I really like it because it creates content for, you know, for the football club, you know, that can be shared on social and tagged and so on. You're getting as a fan something that, you know, you would have gotten in a physical way before uh, and maybe even, you know, more easily than you would have gotten it before. Um, and you still have a, a chance to interact with the brand. So I, I think it's, it's really smart um, and interesting campaign. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I love like whenever there's a social component to it that is creating this organic content that fans or, you know, brand enthusiasts can use. Uh, I think it's just like it's free marketing in essence. And um, so I'm always a big fan of that. So I like that they have brought that in. And I think it's, you know, from like a sports enthusiast perspective too, just being able to um, like have that type of a, I don't know, a memory that you could create for your kid or, um, you know, you yourself, if you, like you said, if you are a big fan uh, is really is, is fun. And I, I think that it's good. It's like something that's encouraging right now during this time, especially when a lot of times you can't go and watch the games or, you know, it's very hard to be able to go because if you can, you know, there's limited tickets and things are just way different than they were before. Um, at least for, you know, the, most of the, the sports happening. So I think that it's great that they are still trying to just, um, you know, encourage that connection that, that fans really feel. And obviously soccer football is like a huge, huge, um, part of, you know, Europeans life, especially. Um, and so I think that this is fun. 
Yeah, and not only, you know, like is this, you know, uh, where our good friend Karsten uh, is from and, you know, obviously the local, you know, big uh, uh, club uh, there in Bayern Munich, but, you know, now there's a personal connection for me because there's a Canadian on the starting 11, Alfonso Davies, uh, plays for the team now. So, you know, now, now we've got to watch. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. All right, well, we're going to move from a fun story to a not-so-fun story. Um, a company called Display Technologies, LLC, has uh, filed suit against Gimbal's uh, company, which is Payday Inc., um, saying that they have infringed on their patents. Um, and this is for, you know, this is for their location-based marketing and advertising platform. Um, they're saying that, you know, Gimbal has infringed on this. So, you know, I found this this story very interesting, um, specifically because, you know, this is the, the quote that they are, that I'm just going to read because it's, it's actually like talking about how they're noting that Gimbal has infringed upon this patent is that the product is configured for customers to receive a media file or a notification or an offer uh, by a media terminal, which would be a smartphone from a media node, which is a Bluetooth beacon uh, over a communication network. So a wireless network through a communication link. Okay, I'm pretty sure that every single advertising platform is sending notifications via Bluetooth to your smartphone over a wireless network. That's just the way things work. And if that's the basis of this, I feel like this is a far stretch. Um, so I wanted to see like, what is, who is Display Technologies? How big is this? And whenever I pull up their website, they are actually focused on beverage merchandising solutions. So this is even a further stretch from like what their core focus is. And I understand that most patents, uh, you know, it's hard to enforce them. Uh, specifically, it has to be very detailed on what you're going to do and why it's different than what everybody else can do. So for me, I feel like this is a stretch. We'll see what happens. I mean, anything's possible, but uh, I would say that if Gimbal is infringing upon what I just stated, so is basically every other advertising network. Um, you know, this is something that when I first got into proximity marketing, you know, what, 10 plus years ago, when, when I reached out to you and had, you know, was introduced to the LBMA, I was working for a company that did this, right? And it was before its time and and we used bluetooth and we used wi-fi to connect and push messages to consumers phones when they were in shopping centers and you know it was a very like antique way now but it was very like futuristic at that point in time and that was 10 years ago so to say that you know this type of technology is infringing on a patent um it seems you know it seems like a, a far-fetched thing obviously i don't know the details but it would be interesting to uh sit in on on that uh that case when it gets presented thoughts yeah so in general i'm 100 percent in alignment with you with one caveat so I, I think yeah i mean everybody in the bluetooth marketing industry you know all of our members you know at the location-based marketing association who you know you know make beacon technology do beacon-based networking any of that kind of stuff this is this is kind of the table sticks this is what they do right like every one of them so i you know to to single out gimbal you know versus anybody else i think is you know I, i'm not really sure where this is going and this has been going on for a long long time so i'm completely in alignment there i think the only thing i would say is you know in looking at the company that's filing this as you say they're in the beverage marketing space um you know, I'm assuming 
you know, I don't know a ton about them. I'm assuming that means they're all like in the vending machines and, you know, all that, you know, type of space. And lately we've seen Gimbal kind of pushing into some other industries like sports marketing and things like that in stadiums and whatnot. So if there is like any sort of intersection starting to happen uh, where, you know, let's say there's vending machines in these properties and they're starting to try and, and, and do sort of push messaging tied to that, then I can see a case for, you know, them making some sort of claim there uh, in a specific sort of, you know, vertical use case, that type of thing. Um, but I don't know that. I'm just speculating at this point um, because I don't know enough about the, the company that's filing the, uh, the claim here. Um, and that could be fully legitimate, but like the reality is, is like every one of the companies, you know, I, I could, we, we could both name you know, a dozen plus companies that do this uh, and have been doing this for years. Um, yeah. And, you know, none of them have been, you know, uh, you know, sued for patent infringement to my knowledge. You know, I was, uh, I got called, um, I guess about two years ago now as a expert witness in a patent infringement lawsuit around, um, had to do with uh, in-store Bluetooth marketing um, from a player that we know. Uh, who was being sued, um, and uh, and it was involving Macy's specifically uh, in the U.S. and then a technology company, you know. So, uh, you know, and, and the reality is, is these things typically go nowhere. It's a lot of noise, um, you know, about you know just trying to be in the news and 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 kind of play off somebody else's uh, media success, and that could be what's happening here as well. So, but uh, I, you know. On the surface, I can't see this going anywhere. I agree. So that's it. That's our uh, our show for this week. You've been listening to episode number 496 of Location Weekly. We thank you for your time. Uh, please uh, have a great, safe holiday break uh, for those of you celebrating Christmas and, um, and a happy new year. Uh, we will have a show next week uh, on our annual predictions for uh, 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great, uh, a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.